Okay, before we get started this morning, we want to start off with, what are we going to start off with? Merry heart. Merry heart. All right, and I'll bet you all know it by this time, so we don't have to put it on the overhead. A merry heart, do it good like a Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it good to feel good? Yes. Oh, I love to feel good. You know, um, I shared with you before about my children coming home and saying, Mom, what's going on? You're getting younger every day, and we're getting older. What is going on? <laughs> and. Um, you know, when you get a good night's sleep, and uh, isn't it wonderful the way you feel so refreshed in the morning, and uh, you feel like getting up and drinking your water. Don't you look forward to drinking water in the morning? I do. It's just uh, so beneficial to our health. Well, this morning, we want to talk uh, a little bit about fats, and um, I'm not going to get into it really uh, deep, but maybe we can clear up some misconceptions that we have. You know, God designed our food to have fat in it and surrounded it by fiber. Isn't that correct? Man comes along and peels off the fiber and fries it in fat. And so um, you can see the problem that we're having. We eat way too much fat and it's the free fats that we're having problem with. See, our body needs fat. We need fatty acids, and God knew that, and he put the certain fatty acids that we need for a good immune system and um, for a function of the cells in the body. He put it in our food, and there are certain foods that will boost the immune system, and I'm going to share them with you this morning. Uh, it's omega-3 that we need, and um, omega-3 is found in walnuts, flaxseed, wheat germ. Now don't get wheat germ out of a, a health food store that's there in a bin because it's already rancid. It gets rancid just like oil does. And you want to keep it refrigerated. Now in America we have a brand called Krishmar which you can keep in the refrigerator. It's um, vacuum packed and you use it and just put it back in the refrigerator and that's what you want to look for and not one that's been sitting out and oxidized because that's when uh, the fat becomes rancid that uh, becomes harmful to us. And it's in the soybean, in millet, and um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head, but there are others. They have omega-3, a fatty acid that rebuilds cells, it, boost, it, it helps our immune system, those foods boost our immune system, and we need to uh, put them in our diet. Then the next one is omega-6 that we need, and that is found in the seeds and the nuts. 
And by the way, almonds are the king of the nuts. They're very nutritious, but you can overdo on nuts very easily. And um, they have in the test, they show you if you're eating omega-3 and omega-6, uh, rather, I did this wrong. Cancer is way down on those who use, you know, are getting omega-6 and omega-3. But if you overeat on them, the sign goes like this. It's very easy to overeat on the uh, nuts. And, um, and remember now, when I say seeds, I don't only mean sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds and those kind of things, but I'm talking about the bean. The bean is the seed. And then uh, the next one is the monos, uh, monounsaturated fats, which would be coming in your olives and your avocados. And, and uh, we need those too, but you can overeat on those. Now, if you have a weight problem in that you think that you are too thin, some people think they are too thin, we would recommend that you eat a little more avocado and olives. If you're extremely thin, you may want to eat that third meal and put some avocados and olives in and it will bring your weight up. And then uh, later on you can think about uh, dropping off that third meal. Now I don't know if my husband shared with you that if you eat three meals a day, you should have three eliminations. If you eat two meals a day, you should have two eliminations. And if you're not, you're constipated. Because what happened to that other meal? You see, and then your system becomes like a cesspool and it's backing up. So uh, you must have a good elimination. And if you're using these things, you're going to be using high fiber foods that's going to help you with that problem. And then you're going to have the fatty acids that your body needs. Now all of the other fats were all listed like this with cancer up. We're talking about butter and margarine and um, all of the free fat oils. Now some people say, well, but look, I'm using corn oil or I'm using, uh, you know, some of those plant oils. Do you have any idea how many ears of corn it takes to make a tablespoon of oil? Anybody know? 14, at least 14, and sometimes up to 17. You would never sit down and eat 14 to 17 ears of corn, would you? And um, so it is concentrated. That's the idea that I want you to, and the minute it's pressed, I mean, within a day, it's carcinogenic. It, I mean, it's rancid, which would then be carcinogenic. Now, some say, well, I use the cold press. Well, it ha if it can set on your shelf one day without being rancid, then it's been brought up to a high heat afterwards. It's trick advertising, saying this is cold pressed, but then they heated it up after they pressed it. You see what I'm saying? So it can be over here on the shelf and say it was cold pressed, and that's the truth, it was cold pressed, but it was heated up in processing it, or you couldn't leave it on your shelf, because if you went to put it in your mouth, you would certainly know that it was rancid. So they have to process it in such a way. 
And uh, so it alters it. And uh, our body just cannot handle it. Then it interferes with our digestion, especially the uh, digestion of protein. And uh, it slows your digestion down. And then uh, some people say, well, isn't margarine better than butter? No, butter is better than margarine. Margarine is not a food, it's a poison. And the way they process it, uh, if they didn't put all of those chemicals in it, you wouldn't even be able to hold it in your mouth because it's that distasteful, it's so rancid. And all the steps that it goes through in processing, all, all the steps they use. And then like the young lady said uh, yesterday, then they bleach it, they deodorize it. I mean, all of these things so that you don't know What's going on? All these chemicals in it, it is a very harmful substance. Now, what they did is years ago, uh, when they found out about butter and the cholesterol in animals, is when they, uh, the margarine came out, but people di didn't do themselves any favor. In fact, it was worse by using all this margarine because of what it does to the system. And, um, you know, 54% uh, of the people of the deaths in America are from a heart attack and stroke and that kind of thing. And roughly half of these die with the first, heart, with the first attack. In other words, they didn't even know anything was wrong. They were walking around thinking they were well. And the first sign was a massive heart attack that took them. They didn't have a chance to change their lifestyle. They didn't even know anything was wrong. And um, you see, we have the right coronary artery and the left coronary artery. The left coronary artery could be completely clogged and partial narrowing of the right and, and before angina uh, develops. And unfortunately, your electrical cardiogram may reach your normal and uh, you would maybe not have any signs. And so we need to be aware of what we can do to help ourselves with this. And I know that many of us um, think we know all the advantages about oil and that like a vegetable oil is better than an uh, animal oil. And they're all really right in the same class. Now at the Second International Congress, they did show with some with olive oil. If you were going to use any oil, it would be olive oil, but it could very easily put you over the limit of the new goals that they have set. The government, you know, has set the new goals. It would put you over the limit, and uh, you'd have to cut out nuts and olives to be able to stay within the goal. So does it make sense that we'd want to cut those things out of our diet that has the fatty acid that we need? And, and put in, um, you know, uh, olive oil. Another thing, if you were going to occasionally use olive oil, the way you'd want to do is not heat it up. You'd want to put it in your food afterwards if you were going to use it. Because once you heat it up, it becomes carcinogenic. And um, so there's a lot of myth out there about oil and um, we need to learn what it, you see, right now, arteries are being clogged up at an earlier and earlier age, yes? As you're speaking olive oil, a lot of people don't realize that there is the first cold-pressed olive oil, which is a lot better than the processed olive oil, 
Well, the only one that they recommended, at all, well, they didn't really recommend, but if you were using it, the only one is from Italy, virgin, extra virgin. Um, and be careful you don't get the one from Spain because a lot of people got sick. They had motor oil in it, of all things. So it's from Italy, and it's extra uh, virgin. Seems like there was something else about it. I don't have my notes here on that, but, um, and then you would only want to use it occasionally, if you were going to use it occasionally. Um, and you want to make sure that it doesn't get rancid, as well as other oils. You know, like when you uh, have rolled oats, the oil is out to the side of those oats. They always should be stored in the refrigerator or the freezer. You cannot store them just in the cupboard because that, uh, oil in there could become rancid also. And your flowers as well, if you, if you uh, grind your flour, you must keep it in the refrigerator or the freezer because once you break the seed, the seed itself can set on your uh, um, shelf, but once you break the seed, it must be refrigerated because it can become rancid. Now, um, the coronary arteries of children are coming earlier and earlier. And now in autopsies, they can see that as early as uh, three to five years old, they already have lesions on their arteries. And by the time they're 15, they have dangerous lesions on their arteries. It's not uncommon for young men in America today to have a heart attack in their 20s and 30s. My own son has already had a heart attack. His father died at a very early age with a massive heart attack. And um, we just need to be aware of what we're doing, and not only that, for ourselves, so that we can help other people who do not have this information and do not know that uh, what is clogging up their arteries. Is this um, ready to go? Maybe I could. Uh, give you a little better visual picture of it, if you would put this one in for me first. Or maybe this one, put this one in first. Let's kind of see what happens when you eat a fatty meal. I think you push down. Fats and oils in the diet cause slugging of the blood flow. And look, prior to a fatty meal, one hour after a fatty meal, four hours after a fatty meal, and six hours after a fatty meal, it says it takes 12 hours back to uh, normal uh, blood flow. But I have other uh, studies where it's showing that even up to 72 hours of blood flow is 72 hours or 90 hours before the blood flow comes back to normal. And um, so um, in the next one, um, we can see what's happening when you're, um, and, and sugar also has this mysterious clogging effect to your blood also. Uh, now if you look right down here at the bottom, a, a normal artery at birth, and then a young child having fatty streaks and deposits already, and then they have fibrous plaques by the time they're teenagers, and going up, and then the results they showed uh, 
after one year on a reversal and a change. I mean, they know that it is reversible in the arteries. And you can see how it's opening. And what they showed at the Second International Congress on Vegetarianism was that even as much as 10 years, that's all the studies went to was 10 years, they still are um, unclogging and uh, showing the blood flow getting to the brain. That was the most wonderful study. They had some uh, colored slides where they could actually show in the brain where uh, the dark black was where no blood was getting in. And after 10 years, how it kept opening up more and more and more when they were on a uh, good lifestyle program to where more blood and oxygen was getting to the brain. So you can see why uh, some people seem like they're getting younger every day by getting a better butt blood flow because Perfect health depends upon perfect circulation. And then we'll just take a look at this one. Um, I drew it the other night uh, a little bit. But for those of you who are not here, that the first uh, sign of atherosclerosis often is in the back. Almost all back pain is coming from this. But you see those little discs in between the vertebrae. They are pink, spongy material enabling you to move without any pain. And uh, the little capillaries to these uh, discs are clogged up, and so the blood doesn't get through. And they become, instead of pink, they become gray and hard and brittle. And then if you do hard labor with that going on, it uh, causes a ruptured disc. And almost all of us know about a ruptured disc, and we probably know somebody that has it. But even with a ruptured disc, Dr. Crane had a ruptured disc, and he was told that he'd never be able to lift his own suitcase ever again, and that his work would be very um, limited, and that his wife would have to do these things for him. But when he changed and reversed his lifestyle, even after the surgery, he now carries his own suitcase, and he can do many things that he was told that he would never be able to do again, just by getting the oxygen or the blood back into those areas. Okay, that's it. So um, you you saw on the video yesterday about this uh, Dr. Clapper, who was raised on a farm. Dr. Clapper told tells on one of his videos, he said, I'm probably the only doctor who has a kitchen in their clinic because he actually teaches how to cook. And remember the other day I made that statement that Thomas Edison said the doctor of the future will use no drugs? There are doctors that are coming along like this and using food as their medicine, and um, it's becoming more and more popular. When I went to the uh, first international Congress on Vegetarianism, there was quite a few doctors there, but not really to represent the whole world. There wasn't really that many. But at the Second International, it was like triple what was there. And um, they are now practicing this way. There's many doctors today that are practicing by, you know, uh, lifestyle changes. And we attend, yes. Yes, it is true that there are a lot of doctors 
that are going into uh, spiritualism. That's correct. But, you know, they're doing our work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the rocks crying out. They're, um, you know, and this is a sad testimony being we've had this information for 100 years. We didn't have to wait until the world got it and scientifically they got it. We could have, we could have gone forth with this information and been a spectacle to the whole world. But um, I'm saying this, praise the Lord that it has come to light and that the world does know that there's a better way. And you can hardly pick up a newspaper or a magazine in the United States without seeing that this is the way to go. And, um, and uh, so praise the Lord that these doctors are coming along. And as I told you before, they sound almost like our meetings. When, when, the congreg or when the group of people, the students, would ask a question, they answer it very much like the way we do. So it's just amazing, and yet it's a thrill. It thrills my heart to know that this information is coming out. All right. Um, I think that's about all I'm going to take out of FAT, unless there's something that you know that you want to cover. Is there anyone here that wants to go a little further into FAT, or if you have a question on it? If Yes? I'm just saying, were you recommending that um, the best oil to use was the extra virgin olive oil? Well, I use none. I use no oil. But I'm saying that if I was going to use it, it would be from Italy, extra virgin olive oil. And, um, and if I was going to use it, I wouldn't use it more often than once or twice a year or something like that. But, you know, I mean, we all have to make these decisions ourselves. And, and I know that, um, that it's that it's a refined product, and I'd rather get mine in the olives so I get it all. And you know that if, if you have stomach problems, if you just eat four olives with every meal for a while, you could get rid of those digestion problems. But you can't do that with olive oil. Yes? What's about the soy oil? No, it's processed the same way. If it's in the same, they've altered the fat in order to do that. It's harmful. Way in the back. Um, when you actually have a recipe which calls for fat, could you suggest some alternatives that we could use just to make things easier? Yes. Okay, what I usually do is just leave it out. I don't know why uh, every recipe says you have to put fat in it. But like in bread, uh, we've used uh, applesauce. Um, avocado. And the only thing about avocado, it makes a really nice bread and it's really tasty, but it does change the color a little bit. And, and uh, you know, so if you're serving it to a guest, for us, we don't mind it at all, but if you're serving it to a guest, you want to make sure that your bread looks like bread. And if I were going to use oil, that probably would be the only place that I would use it would be in the bread. Sunflower seeds is another one, another way that you could. But now in a recipe that calls for oil, say we're talking about a different recipe with cake or cookies or something like that, um, what you need to do is change the recipe. You know, you, you just need to find recipes that are not calling for that. And we have some excellent ones. Um, if I ever was home long enough, I have some stored here that I haven't got on paper yet. And... Um, 
that they're really, I mean, the Lord is really blessing and giving us recipes. And remember, that was a promise that he was going to, when it was time to get off of milk and eggs and cheese, and well, cheese has never been an issue. I mean, we were, weren't supposed to be using it anyway, but milk and eggs and, and um, whatever, that he would give us tasty recipes. And we have them. And yes. Um, an olive has a stone in it, and you can buy olives that are already stoned, uh, i.e. the stone taken out. And does breaking the skin of the olive uh, uh, allow the air to get to the oil in it and therefore make it rancid even within a stone olive? I don't think I know what that comment was. Uh, he, are you? What I'm saying is, is it the skin that holds the oil in the olive uh -huh. to stop it going rancid? When you buy a, uh, an olive that's had the stone pushed out. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is it rancid? Is it rancid because it's exposed to the air? No, I don't think it is because of uh, the way it's processed and because it, of the way it's in the container. However, I will say this that olive juice does have some oil in it, but I think it's perfectly all right. But I, I would have to ask the scientists because I don't really. No. Yes. Can you tell me, how do you know overdose or over the nuts and the grains and so on? Because you said in the diagram there that you can overdo it. Yes, that's a good question. Her question is, how do you know when you've overdone on uh, nuts? Well, if you do like I used to do and sit down and eat a jar of nuts, you know you overdid. <laughs> well, 10, uh, 10 almonds for breakfast. You know, you don't want to take handful and handful of almonds, you know. Be very hard on your digestion, and it'd be just too much. But um, for someone my size, I think I could handle 10 almonds. Maybe a man could handle, that's working hard outside, maybe could handle a few more. But you wouldn't want to do more than that. You want to be careful because of the way we cook, that if you got it in your um, entree and in your dessert, and then you're eating some on the side, it's very easy to get too much. So, and each, I can't set any hard, fast rules, just like we've never been able to, because each body is different. Everybody has a different exercise level and, you know, what you're doing. Someone who is just working at a desk all day, they can't handle as much food and as, um, you know, heavy with the fat as someone who is working outside. And um, so we just all have to use good judgment on that. I saw a hand down in here, but I don't remember who it was. Um, who? Yes. When you, when you say that um, when, the, when the fats um, become rancid, is it because it's oxidized? Yes. And oxidized cholesterol. Let me show you this. Now, uh, my mother was not a, my mother was not into health, but as they learn things, you know. Uh, you know how harmful lard is. All of you know how harmful lard is. Well, the world learned that how years ago how harmful lard was. And so let me show you. It's oxidized cholesterol that's doing the damage to the arteries. And
Okay, all uh, of these, which one do you think does the most damage to the arteries? Lard, some people think lard. The combination of milk, sugar, and eggs. It does damage to your arteries that takes three days to repair, and most people have eaten it by then again. And guess where milk, the combination of milk, sugar, and eggs is? Ice cream, custard, chocolate, cakes, all those little pastry cakes, and uh, it's all oxidized cholesterol, and usually rancid oil, and the eggs, uh, the cholesterol in the eggs is oxidized, and then the sugar has a mysterious clogging effect on the blood, and then the milk. And we got a report just before we came over here. What's so interesting is a lot of people who have heart uh, attacks and uh, they're told about milk and what have you, they cut down to skim milk. But in this new report, it shows that the calcium and the lactose, isn't it? Um, is that the right? Lactose and the calcium is what is being stored on the artery wall, and so they're getting that anyway. And in the article, someone was interviewing and said, well, why don't you give this information to the public? They said, oh, well, see, it would hurt the dairy industry, and so we just don't even let the information out. I think it's wrong. Yes? Um, if you had a, a nut-based butter or a seed-based butter, such as tahini or peanut butter, um, would that Okay, first of all, you cannot put peanut butter in the same line as like nut butters because peanuts are a legume. So it's, um, if you're talking about uh, tahini and um, uh, cashew butter and almond butter, that is all right, but you must keep it refrigerated. You know, you just can't store it on the shelf like many people do. Now, uh, peanut butter uh, doesn't fit in the same class and Yes. I just wanted to say that there, there have been some thoughts about peanut, peanuts being, because there's a certain sort of mold. That I remember in the summer you were talking about peanuts um, having a certain mold growing on them, so therefore they are... Um, well, I'm usually very cautious about talking about peanut butter because I don't want to be stoned. <laughs> I don't want to be run out of town because... Most people who are vegetarians love their peanut butter. And when I tell them about peanut butter, all of a sudden we're not friends anymore. <laughs> but peanut butter is not a wholesome food at all. It has the aflatoxin mold. It is the most potent carcinogen known to man. And um, it's just not a good thing to do. And then, and then on top of it, it's roasted, which is altered the oil, and then it's set on the shelf. Most people don't even refrigerate it. And so it is a very uh, unwholesome food. And, um, but, you, uh, you know, and any recipe that calls for peanut butter, you can just switch it over to almond butter. I've done it, and it just makes it just very nice. Now today, I'm going to give you a date oat bar, and my husband's going to show you how to make it, and that recipe uh, a lot of people would put peanut butter in, and you can see that almond butter works very nicely and gives you a wonderful cookie that you don't have any problem. Sherry, you had your hand yes, up first. Sorry, I just wanted to say somebody had made mention also about um, cashews not being in the same class as the other nuts, that they are also a legume. This no, I, 
I've not heard that information. Right, okay. I just wanted to close that because a comment has been made that it has the same carcinogenic effect as peanuts. No, it doesn't. I already know that. that that's not a correct statement. But the other part I've never, ever heard before. And any time I've seen it listed, it's listed in the nut category. If you were going to use a few peanuts, they would be raw peanuts, and it would enhance a recipe some if you look them over and check them. Now, I have a friend, uh, in fact, a lady that she and I did this book together, and she, was, she boiled some peanuts, and she noticed that a lot of them set on top of the water. And so she thought, I need to examine. Why are some on the top and some down at the bottom? All of those, she cracked them open and looked inside, and every one of them that were floating had the black mold in them. So how are we going to look them over? See, that's, and the mold count is so high where they're grown in Virginia. I just, you know, um, to use a few in a, in a recipe if you wanted to, but for me, I can't take those kind of chances, so I just don't use them because, I mean, that's not a hard one to replace at all. Yes, did I see a hand over here? If you look them over and like, you know, I think I sort of answered that. All right, getting back to this. Now, which, what's the next one you think is the most harmful? Sugar. We already did this one. Milk, the combination of milk, sugar, and eggs. So. It's dry milk. <laughs> because of the way that it's uh, processed, it's so highly refined. And it almost always is spoiled milk to begin with. That's what they do with if you purchase too much milk, the milk company will just take it back and make it into uh, dried milk. So ladies, if you thought you were doing your family a favor and it was cheaper and uh, it's easy to have on the shelf, it's not a good product at all. And then the next one is cheese. And in every test coming in, cheese was leading out in the cause of cancer with Parmesan cheese at the very top of the list for the most carcinogenic food on the market. Yes? You're talking about dried milk there, just going back to number two. Would that include dried soy milk? Dried soy milk was not in the test, but we did cover dried soy milk the other day with, a, um, with the... Um, soy isolate. Soy isolate, thank you. Um, being harmful. So I have a feeling that it probably is because it's highly refined. But they did show that uh, soy milk is all right if it doesn't have the ice, uh, soy. soy isolate in it. Okay. So, sorry, what you're saying is soy, um, powdered soy milk has that isolate in it? Yeah, you need to look at the uh, ingredients. I think there may be some that don't have soy isolate. You don't want to use it if it has soy isolate, as well as the liquid ones in the store. The best way is to make your own soy milk and use the residue into a substitute for another bread. It's delicious. It's in here. It's called Okara bread. You'll be surprised how healthy you are if you use these. And uh, because of the way they're packaged, even like Eden soy in America showed to be very superior, very uh, nutritious soy milk being the best milk there is. 
um, for nutrition. But see, it's packaged with that aluminum in the inside, and it is being leached out into it. And then the other packages, um, you know, cartons, they're carcinogenic as well. It's a petroleum product that they're packing all these things in. And they're not good for us. It goes in the food. And now all of these are worse for your arteries, and we all knew how harmful lard was. So these are some of the things that are going on that we need to know about. Okay, if there's no other uh, comments, I'd like to just switch, switch over into another subject for a few minutes, but they sort of go together. So um, I want to talk to you about sunlight a little bit because one of the most healing agents of nature is one of the least understood therapies and the least methods used today is sunshine. And sunlight has been an important factor for treatment in healing for a long time. And um, in 1907, a scientist reveal, received the Nobel Prize by finding out that the ultraviolet rays can kill germs. 30 years later, in 1939, a man found the great antibiotics. And um, that was before penicillin, and we call it the sulfa drugs, or sulfodiazide. And they found out that sulfa can kill a lot of germs, and since then, everyone has gone crazy over the pharmaceutical drugs. And sunlight has been buried and forgotten. And uh, a lot of people say, well, didn't God really have mercy on us by um, having someone invent the sulfa drugs? Well, you remember I shared with you that for every good thing that God has for us, Satan has a counterfeit, and each one of you will have to decide where you think this fits in. But the problem with these sulfa drugs is that in the meantime, the germs and the bacteria are getting more and more resistant to the drug. And so consequently, they have to follow up by making stronger and stronger medication. So each one of us has to decide, is it a counterfeit or what? I, you know, I know I've made my decision what it is, but you have to make your own decision. But one thing we do know, that God did make the sunshine, didn't he? And sunlight is so important on human health, and just because we found out about a little sulfa drug, everyone is going wild about uh, um, the sulfa and forgetting about the information on sunlight. You see, before the sulfa drug was invented, all of the doctor's material was talking about proper nutrition, hydrotherapy, water, sunshine, all of these things. It wasn't just something that somebody found out uh, some time ago. In the 17, 18, and the early 1900s, doctors were using all these natural health laws. And um, it was just pure medical. It, wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with religion as far as they were concerned. It was the way they practiced. And uh, the whole medicine field was following the laws of nature. And at that time, one of the most distinguished physicians in America actually made the statement that violating the laws of nature is just like violating God's commandments. And why do you think? Because God wants us to be healthy and we don't rest properly. 
and we don't get the sunshine, and we don't use fresh air the way we should, and so then we're going to be sick. So at that time, the eight true remedies were dominating in the scientific field, and all of a sudden, the little sulfa drug comes along, and the picture that we focus on is the medicine and forget about God's healing therapy. And, you know, I already showed you that drug, drugs depress the immune system, and they have very har harmful side effects. And it's interesting, on the way here, I was reading a student's uh, science book about medication. And in there, it was uh, taking um, a drug, or different drugs, and it was saying, you know, the harmful side effects. It had this and this, and it, but it was calling it a miracle drug. And down at the end, after it said what you use it for and everything, but after you read the whole thing, it dawned on you. It didn't, have, it didn't do one thing for you. All it had was a bunch of bad side effects, and it said you use it for this, but unfortunately it doesn't help this. You know, it actually was worded that way in this science book. And um, so why not use a natural remedy that really helps? Um, those of you, you probably already know this, but in Revelation 18, 20, um, if you have your Bibles along, you may want to look at that. It would be a whole study in itself. I don't want to do that. I just want the last half of that Bible verse. It says, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Well, now, I used to believe by thy sorceries, I always thought that was witchcraft. And it does mean that, but it's not the first meaning. You know what the first meaning is? I looked it up in my new Bible. I'm so grateful for my Bible that has the Greek and the Hebrew in the back. I looked that word sorceries up, and it said pharmakia, pharmaceutical, and then drugs. So now listen to how it reads. Um, the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy drugs were all nations deceived. <clears throat> Listen, everybody today is on street drugs or medication. My own mother takes a pot, plate of pills this big. Didn't I say 18, Revelation 18:23? Did I? Remember what I said. Of what I meant to say <laughs> and what I said may be two different things. Revelation 18:23. Now, um, if you're ever depressed, or if you have a loved one, or someone you know is depressed, what would you suggest they do? <laughs> but listen, you can't just say snap out of it. You gotta, you no, know. Well, that's, that's what the world says. Yes, right. And uh, or take this drug, and it'll pep you up, and you're gonna feel better. But the truth of the matter is, if you know someone depressed, send them out into the beautiful sunlight. It's almost impossible to be depressed out in the sunlight. And sunlight does far more for depression than drugs. Because one of the side effects of the medication they give for this is, guess what? Depression. And so um, 
If you know someone is depressed and really has some problems, don't have them recount their problems. Go to them and don't have them delve back into their childhood and bring up all this stuff. You know, that's to be thrown in the deepest sea. Get them out in the sunshine and get them to begin to count their blessings. It will do more for this person than anything else and more than any medication. That's correct. You know, I know. And see, your brain doesn't know if you're reliving it or just telling it. You know, it's like your whole body is going through that traumatic thing again. And that is why Satan has brought this around, and uh, counselors are using it in their therapy, and um, it's doing more harm than good, yes. It's interesting because, uh, you know, when you think about the New Age movement, they use a lot of techniques like rebirthing and the Alexandra techniques and all these things. And many of those, and hypnosis techniques, and many of those are used to bring up your memory, bring up from your memory bank things that happened in your childhood so that you can focus on those things. And if you can't remember them, they will tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. And it may not have happened at all. Yeah. Do you see him? All right. Uh, the thing is, like, you don't have too much sunshine here. Thank you. Uh, in Australia, they're all looking at me and saying, oh, my, you don't know about the sunshine here and skin cancer, which I'm going to get to in a moment. But, see, you do get the benefits of it even if, in an overcast day like today. It is better if you can get right out in the sunshine. But, listen, you people here in England... When, you get, when the sun shines, drop everything and go out in it. <laughs> because you need every benefit, benefit you can. Now, there's some other things that you can do, but um, I hesitate to tell you what they are because uh, uh, we today, we're, you know, we think a if a little bit's good, a, a whole lot is better. And so, but the sun lamp, there are sun lamps that are good. And uh, if you haven't seen the sun for many, many days, that may be the thing to do. But there's several cautions that I want to give you. One is make sure the bulb is the right kind of bulb and that you're getting the right kind of rays, not just getting burned. That for one thing. And secondly, now this is the part I want you to listen to, and I don't want anybody talking or anything. I want you to listen to this part. Never lay under a sun lamp unless there's someone there with you. And everyone says, oh, I would never fall asleep under one. I have seen many people who have fell asleep under it, and the burn, you've never seen a burn, like a burn from a sun lamp. So don't even take the chance. Make sure that somebody's with you if you're going to use the sun lamp. Okay, the two most effective ways of dealing with despondency and discouragement involve praising God and... Uh, and moving out to others will do more. You know, we already talked about when you're doing something for others with no material gain, what happens to your immune system. The first involves a relationship with God by recounting God's blessings, by literally lifting one's voice in praise to him, a power otherwise unknown to man is available to him. In this way, recognizing the matchless love and concern of God for us, our own problems seem to diminish rather than 
escalate. Now let me give you some of the benefits of sunshine. Sunshine is so important for our well-being. It parallels exercise and many of its benefits. It lowers the blood pressure. It decreases the pulse, uh, resting pulse. It increases the cardiac output. It decreases blood sugar. It increases the glycogen stored in the liver and the muscles, making your hormones work more efficiently. And it decreases those byproducts of the body that interfere with your uh, defense against uh, disease. God created sunshine not only for our well-being, but for healing. And then think of the Bible verse, Malachi 4.2, but unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And it's spelled S-U-N there. And I think that God had this correlation about the Son and the Son of Righteousness so that we, his people, would understand that there is healing because all healing comes from Jesus. Isn't that right? And so how we ever forgot that sunshine was healing is beyond me. And why all the medical field? I mean, just if you just think about a hospital for a moment, it almost breaks uh, the health principles here. You can't get a fresh air. I've tried to open a window in the hospital. You can't get it open. It's, it's built that way. It doesn't open. And so you have no fresh air. And, um, you know, and usually the blinds are pulled. You can't get the sunshine in. And, uh, you know, the list goes on of the principles of this. Uh, and now they will admit, most, most uh, medical people will admit that sunshine is healing, and they do try to get their patients in it one way or another. Now, what is causing skin cancer then? You know, I mean, did God put the sun up there to cause us to have cancer? No, he didn't. It's what man is doing. Do you know that it's the high-fat diet that's causing skin cancer? See, if you have a high-fat diet, you de need to be frightened to go out in the sun. But if you're, uh, you're eating the way you're supposed to and getting the proper uh, fatty acids, you don't have to be uh, afraid of the sun. It's only if you get burned. That's the rule, never to get burned. And people who are dark-complected need far more sunshine than the light hair and the fair can like I need more sunshine than my husband my husband has blue eyes and light hair and he can't take as much sunshine but that is a signal that he doesn't need as much sunshine now if you wear glasses you, you know wear them all the time you block that whatever it is that you're getting in your eye I'm not saying look at the Sun but when you go out into sunlight just looking around there's a substance that comes from the Sun in your eye that's for healing and how they happened to find out was one of the researchers had terrible pain in his hips. He was on a good lifestyle. He knew that he shouldn't be having this pain, but he couldn't get rid of it. And uh, one time he broke his glasses, and it took a while to get them fixed, and he noticed the pain left. So the only difference was in his lifestyle was his glasses. So they began to do studies, and they found out that you do get a substance uh, from the sunshine that is healing. So if you have to wear glasses to see, what you do is you get your chair out there, you get all situated, and then sit down and take your glasses off. And you need about 15 minutes in the sunshine. And you don't get it through the car windows, and you don't get it from your house windows. You actually have to be outside in it. They are making windows today in new homes that the ultraviolet rays could come through, but 
they're very expensive, those windows, and hardly nobody has them. So it's hardly even worth saying, you know, that there are some windows that you can get it through. Very few. So you need to be out in the sunshine. So uh, one of the most powerful statements that we have in the Spirit's prophecy is that sunlight is one of the most healing agents. And uh, we're not told that about the other ones. We're only told that about sunshine. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but cancer in the internal organs is reduced 50% by sunlight. So you see, when I go out in the sunshine, I mean, I need the sunshine everywhere. Ladies need it under their arms in this area. And uh, sunlight can lower your cholesterol by 30%, and it can lower your triglycerides and your blood sugar. Now, another thing that is causing skin cancer is what we're putting on the skin. You know, all of those suntan lotions, they all have tar in them. And they cause you to have skin cancer. And if you rub oil on the outside, it's the same as ingesting it. You don't want to do that. If, you're, if ladies feel like their skin is dry, there's a vitamin E, a vitamin D, and a vitamin A in a cream form that you could use on your skin. But I wouldn't even say you'd want to put that on your skin and go outside. So you may want to use it before you go to bed or something. Uh, what? Uh, what you're talking about? You can, you, if you feel like you need some oil on your skin, you can use vitamin A, vitamin E, or vitamin D. I may have to look it up. I, I did have it right on the tip of my tongue, but I think it's D. Yeah. No, they're all, they all are co would cause skin cancer. Yes, um, that's what we were talking about, is the high-fat diet that's causing it, not the sunshine. We do know the ozone layer is being destroyed, and we have to be careful. So it's not a good idea to go right out. Uh, you don't have much of a problem here because you don't see the sun that often. But in America, we have to be careful not going out right at noontime. So we would go out in the morning hours and in the late evening, or, you know, the after, early afternoon or late afternoon. And in Australia, they have to be careful. But listen, in Australia, I made this statement. And one lady raised her hand. She said, I had 220-some-odd skin cancers, and I went up by the equator, and I had none. So it's not the sunshine. Sunshine kills cancer cells. It's what we're putting in our body. It's what we're ingesting that is causing the skin cancer. Excuse me. Yes. Um, before I went on my diet and started eating properly, I used to get um, um, allergies from the sun, so I'd come out in the function itch. Yes. And I don't get it now when I go out in the sun. That's so correct. It is, it is um, the additives as well in our diet. Yes, it is. Thank that you. That will make us come out in rashes. Thank you. Um, I've met people all over the world who had that was allergic to the sun until they changed their diet, and then they could go out in the sun and no problem. Way in the back. 
What kind of oil? Suntan lotion. No. Now, there are a couple of sunblocks, but you want to be very careful with those even because some of those have things in them that are uh, not good. Well, the consultant has told me to put, use sunblock on my daughter when she goes out in the sun. I mean, will that stop her absorbing the goodness from the sunshine? Well, yeah, I think it does. I think it blocks the ultraviolet rays. Yeah, I think so. I think that what you need to do is um, make sure that she gets her sunshine early in the morning and, um, and, and forget about using the sunblock. That would be my advice. But I mean, I don't want to go against your doctor. Something you have to decide yourself, you know. Yes? Okay, now um, I didn't get it. Could you tell me what he said? Cocoa butter. What about it? What about using cocoa butter? Co cocoa butter fits in that same class. You're putting oil on your, your skin. What would be a substitute? Uh, your skin. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing is better. That's what I'm trying to get across. Don't put anything on your skin. You know, your, uh, your uh, pores are the biggest, you know, I mean, it just goes right into your system. I mean, would you eat it? Would you eat it? Because it's going to go right into your system, right through the pores. You know, you, if you haven't used anything like this for a long time, you can put it on your skin and you can taste it in your mouth in just a very short time. So it's just like ingesting it. So you don't want to use anything. And especially because you're so dark complected, you shouldn't use anything. You need as much sunshine as you can get without burning. Yes? Working on this age, because, uh, because of the kind of high levels of chlorine in the water, you find that a lot of people suffer from having very dry skin, especially in this country. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, you know. So I noticed since I've been here. I'm saying, if you want to use it, use vitamin E. Yeah, yeah. That'd be very good. And uh, do it at night before you go to bed. And then... Vitamin E oil. Yes. Vitamin E oil. You can buy little bottles of it. It'd be much better for you. Yes, some people do use olive oil. Uh-huh. Yes. That's right. If we would exercise more, we wouldn't. That you're absolutely correct on that. Everything would work more efficiently, and you'd find. And another thing, if we'd eat properly, and uh, you know, ladies, if you have a lot of dry skin, eat lots of parsley. And um, some people say just by eating more parsley, they can correct the problem. But if you want to do it quickly, use the vitamin E. And there's a couple of other in the health food store that you can get. I think there's a D and a and a, an A, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, if there's no other questions, we're going to go on with our demonstrations, or we're going to demonstrate a date. Did you have another? Did I see another hand? I don't want to cut anyone off. It's just, yes. Just going back to skin uh, business, about creams on the skin. 
My husband is going to show you some things on alkaline and acid, and um, but we're going to do um, a date. Now, who would like to learn how to make a nice cookie for lunches? Do you want to do that? Oh, okay. Well, maybe we should have someone that hasn't done it. Let's let's have this this man right here. No, we're going to have this man right here because we want you to know that men need to learn how to cook healthfully. Men as well as women should know how to cook healthfully. If your wife was called away somewhere or something. Okay, could I have your attention for a minute while they're getting us set up? Let me show you something else. I, uh, I tried to tell you on the paper and a couple people didn't quite understand, but I want you to think about your health like this. This is the best your health can be up here. And as we go through life, putting in, uh, you know, all of these uh, chemicals and uh, high fat and high protein and smoking, drinking, whatever, somewhere right about here comes allergies. But see, we don't have, and then after allergies comes the dread disease like cancer and uh, tuberculosis and what have you. But we don't have to do this. We can work up this line as well. And uh, Dr. Thrash has a um, test that you can go and take. And I took it some years ago about how many of these things were still in my lifestyle. And uh, I had quite a little few dots by each one of those things. A few years later, I took it, and I had less dots. And then the last time I took it, I had there's some that you just can't get rid of. I had very few dots on there at all. And you can do the same thing and work up the line rather than uh, continue to go on down. Are we ready? Okay, my husband's going to help you with this. <coughs> Let's see, you want to call that? You know, uh, uh, many of us uh, may be sugarholics, I don't know. Uh, me, I've always loved savory foods. My wife claims to be a sugarholic, but uh, when you're making a transition, what you want to do is make preparation. Because uh, when you get an attack, you want to be able to put your hands on something that is kosher. And so we always recommend this type of food that you can uh, bake ahead of time and put in the freezer or put in the refrigerator. <clears throat> and if you feel like you need a, uh, a sweet treat, well, then you have it right on hand. Uh, they're great to take in your lunch. And you're going to try it. Oh, we need a, uh, can someone give me the spatula? Uh, I think what we're going to need, we're going to need a larger bowl and a large wooden spoon. This is not going to make it, I don't think. Now, um, uh, there's different ways that you can make this oat date bar. You can make it thin to be like a real thin uh, cookie or cracker or biscuit, which you might call it, I don't know. Or you can make it thicker and put it in a smaller bowl and make it thicker almost like a cake. And uh, if you want, you could even make a double layer and put the carob frosting or whatever on it. But uh, there is a variety of things that you can do with this. Now, number one, we're giving you a basic recipe. And keep in mind, you don't have to use the same ingredients. We're using walnuts. If you want to use pecans or something of that sort, you can change. Um, <clears throat> we're using dates, because dates uh, has a high um, amount of glucose or uh, sugar, natural sugars. 
But you can put, uh, do you call it papaya here or, or uh, pawpaw? Pawpaw. Pawpaw. Okay, you can put pawpaw or, or uh, pineapple, dried pineapple. You can put dried fruit in this as well. You don't have to stick with just the ones that we're showing you. But now first, when you mix this, uh, uh, put this mixture together, you want to put all the dry ingredients in the bowl at one time. Now, if you want to put all the dry ingredients, what was your name? I Anton. Anton, that's right. I, I remember it now. Okay, Anton, you want to put it all the dry ingredients in the bowl. That's it. That's right. We're putting in the oats. Uh, there's two cups of coconut. Um, yes, put the coconut in. Coconut. And uh, that's it. Uh, now, just a moment. Uh, could you, uh, somebody have the girls to come out for just a moment? Oh, did, how many of the coconut did you put in? You put two of these. What was in the, oh, and the salt. You want to put salt in it. Uh, there's supposed to be two coconut and one. Uh, oats. They got two oats and one coconut. So the uh, mixture is not quite kosher. But we're going to go ahead and... Uh, I think this will do it. Let's, let's just try it this way. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. Um, was that... Um, I need some uh, information out here, please. It was one of those oat flour... And one just rolled oats? Yes. Correct. Okay, then we need another cup of coconut. They only had one cup of coconut. Okay. Uh, this is a recipe that my wife made, and she just stumbled across this by accident. No, and, well, uh, I worked on this. I developed it. <laughs> well, you developed it after you stumbled on No? No? Okay. Anyhow, she was making up a uh, uh, product... No, I wasn't. Was I said I, I, I had a recipe that I tried and I tasted it. I said this would make a good cookie. So I worked on it until I turned it into a cookie. Well, that's what I'm talking about. It was yeah. not <laughs> I knew I had the story there somewhere. <laughs> but anyhow, we'll put all the dry ingredients. We're going to put the walnuts in now. Now remember, you can use uh, pecans or other type of nuts. So let's put. The salt, yeah, put the salt in. One teaspoon, one tablespoon, no, one teaspoon. <laughs> half, half, a, half a teaspoon. Oh, half a teaspoon. Half a teaspoon, yes. Uh, yeah, put the nuts in. Uh, walnuts. Okay, chopped walnuts, one cup. Mm -hmm, there's one, oh no, no, you put them both in. But oh, yes. I think they both make up a cup. They said, that's what they had, they got in there, that's, we'll soon find out. There's one good thing, this will still turn out. <laughs> okay, uh, we want to put the dates in. Uh, now first of all, uh, Antoine, why don't we just take and stir that up and mix it real good before we put the dates. Yes, because as we go along, it's going to get stiffer, and that way you're going to get your exercise. Uh, I beg your pardon? Okay, we put one cup of chopped walnuts. And uh, there's going to be um, uh, chopped uh, dates. Let's see. I know it's got to be on here. Ah, here we, here we go. One cup of chopped dates. Okay, chopped dates. We're going to put the dates in, and we're going to uh, stir it up after we get the dates in. 
That's it. Okay, now let's just kind of chop that up and mix it in there real well. That's it. And uh, let's see, we're going to have three-quarter cup of honey. And you're going to have, um, we you always use almond butter, but today we had no almond butter, so we're going to have to use peanut butter. But uh, almond butter, it really gives it a nice flavor. And... Um, <laughs> I beg your pardon. The almond butter, we use uh, three quarters of a cup. Okay, now what we're going to do after we stirred the dry ingredients up and the uh, dates, we're going to put in uh, the three quarter cup of honey and the three quarter cup of, let's say, almond butter. That's what should be put in. Okay, and you might need a little spatula after you're done to scoop it out of there, yeah. Now, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, we as vegetarians don't have to be deprived. We can all, there's so many different wonderful things, and uh, I wish we had time. My wife developed a wonderful lemon pie, and uh, it it's, tastes delicious. Not one bit of sugar or fat in it, but you'd never know it by looking at it or tasting it. And she developed a nice cheesecake that has no dairy products, no sugar, no, it, and it tastes wonderful. So, you know, we, if we investigate and use our kitchen as a laboratory. Okay, you got her in it? Somebody have a question? Oh. Anyhow, we need to remember our kitchen is a laboratory. And once we get the basic uh, uh, fundamental uh, principles of putting these together, experiment a little bit and try some different things. And you'll, you'll find some wonderful surprises, yes. Okay, right, when, you put, when he puts the uh, butter in, the nut butter, and he also puts the honey in with the dried materials, it gets stiffer as you uh, stir it. And he's going to stir this a little bit. No, what I'm asking is about the choice of honey. You know, we have two types of honey. Oh, yes, dark honey, light honey. Yes. No, it doesn't make any difference, but the darker the honey, the stronger the taste. Uh, the lighter the honey, the, uh, from what I found, is more mild. Now, I see a head shaking. No, is there a reason? No, she's asking about runny or hard. This, the, the runny honey has been oh. heated or, or at least warmed up, so it doesn't go hard again. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, we use the soft honey so it will stir and mix in uh, better, is what we do. If you have hard honey, I would, I would suppose you could uh, warm that up and uh, make it more uh, fluid. Now, this may take a little time. I can see right now that Antoine's going to be busy, so if I could get somebody's attention in the uh, kitchen, can I have a runner to, oh, good. Uh, would you tell them to bring some of those out? Maybe we could just finish that up in the kitchen, Antoine. Could you bring me some of those, these out that are in the bowl? We're going to put these in the kitchen. But now, I want to, I want to uh, say this. When you get through with this recipe, this is what you do. I would like some of the OJ bars here to bring out so I could show them. Uh, this is what you do. When you get through with the recipe, you put it in the bowl and you kind of 
Even it out with the spoon throughout the bowl. And then you get a saran wrap or cling wrap you put over the top. And you press it down with your hands. Now, if you don't press it down, what'll happen is that it'll come out flaky. Well, it'll fall little, apart. Put a little uh, film over the top and press it down. Or, uh, that's, what I, that's what I just told him. Put the film, uh, the <laughs> saran wrap. You can see we work together very well. I thought you said your hand. The right hand doesn't know what the left's doing here. But you can see, and they turn out quite well. You're going to get some of these at lunch today. Now, we've made these a little thicker, so they're more or less like a cake. But you can make them thicker, thinner, like a cookie. But uh, like I say, they come out about this thick, and you can double layer them and make a nice cake and have carob uh, uh, topping on there if you want to. This is a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you know, I like soft cookie. But in, when you're having a bad diet, you know, the softer the cookie meant more, the more oil. And so I miss the soft cookie, and that's one of the reasons why I put this together, is the cookie, it's not cake. I think of cake entirely different than, than my husband does. But see, it's the way you were raised. Right. Well, see, she thinks of the uh, soft cookie. I think of experimenting. <laughs> yes. Um, you said you use cling film. I believe there's two types of cling film. One is, yeah, causes cancer, and the other one doesn't. Oh, okay, I don't know. We're not familiar with that we now. If we, we'd like to... Excuse me. Years yeah. ago, there was a scare in this country that some cling films, um, I think when used in microwaves, uh, caused problems with the food. It, it leached the but, chemical... But remember, we're not using any microwaves. Okay, we, explain, I don't know whether it was the heat that caused the problem or whether it was just the chemicals in there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, you could use wax paper, anything to, to where you could press it down with your hands and get it nice and firm in there and then take the spoon and kind of push down the edges a little bit, yes. They do tell you on the box which one is all right. Oh, they do tell you? Yeah, Good. That too. Yeah, she says that it usually tells you on the box which you can use and which you can't. Okay, now the next thing we're going to have is uh, tahini dressing. Now I'd like to say a, a word or two about tahini dressing, or tahini. Uh, you folks know what tahini is, don't you? It's a sesame seed butter. Now there's several recipes that you can make out of uh, tahini. Oh yes, bake this at 350 at 20, 20 minutes. Yes, you have to bake it. I don't, it's, uh, you don't want to eat the raw oats and what have you. Uh, you bake it for 350 at 20 minutes. Now, tahini, uh, you can get it most, uh, probably in any store around here, can't you? And you can get uh, large amounts. Now, my wife, we were just mentioning the other day, my wife and I always carry a jar of tahini with us. If we're stuck somewhere and need to go in and have lunch, we go in and get a baked potato and a salad, and we get an empty glass, always, with lemon wedges. <laughs> And uh, we usually put a little tahini in there and some water and emulsify it. And then we put lemon juice in there and a little salt. And we usually make a dressing out of it uh, for our potato or for our salad or whatever. But now you can make wonderful salad dressings out of tahini. And when you emulsify it with water, it makes the uh, polyunsaturated fats easier to digest. And uh, <clears throat> you can also make uh, garlic butter, butter. You're going to get a taste of that today. We made some garlic butter to put on the toast with tahini, and it's very simple. 
tahini, and some people like to put garlic powder. We take and put tahini and raw garlic. We like to put fresh things in everything we make. So we chop up raw garlic and put salt in it. It completely changes tahini. It doesn't taste like it does when you get it in a jar. Excuse me, could you enlighten me, what is tahini? Tahini is sesame seeds ground up, just like peanuts ground up into peanut butter. Yeah, it's all it is. It's sesame seeds that are ground up and made into butter. In fact, uh, I would like to encourage every one of you folks to get your own. Uh, have you ever heard of a champion juicer? Let me tell you, they're fantastic. When we are, we're out of pe uh, almond butter, we just throw them in there and nothing flat. We have almond butter. We can almost make it as we eat it. So a champion is really, and as far as juicing fruits and what have you, it works great. Now, the other thing that I wanted to share with you as far as the, uh, as far as the uh, uh, tahini, uh, how many of you just have nothing but fruit in the morning? Not too many, but uh, if you have fruit, you say if you mix up a fruit compote and you have a variety of fruits in a bowl, in a bowl what we always do is take tahini and uh, pineapple juice and emulsify the tahini with the pineapple juice and it makes a wonderful uh, uh, fruit dressing uh, that you can put over your, uh, your uh, fruit and would just sprinkle a few walnuts on it. There's a multitude of things you can use and we take tahini. Now, here's another recipe if you want to just chalk it up in your mind. We have a recipe called potato a green and we boil the potatoes uh, and then after they're boiled, we put, we turn it off, put a little... Onions and, and oh, salt. Well, it has onions and salt in it. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, she's, a, she's the creator, so I have to give her the credit. And uh, put onions and potatoes together and uh, some salt. And when it's through being boiled, turn it off, put your tahini in, like a tablespoon of tahini, and stir it well, and it creams the potatoes very well and then chop up some greens, any kind of greens. We put in a lot of parsley. Kale. And okay, kale too. <laughs> we put in parsley or kale or something of that sort, chop it up real fine and throw it in there and uh, th they don't cook. And then, man, you talk about a dish, it's delicious. You'll really love it. And remember, um, uh, as we were saying the other day, uh, parsley is good uh, for people that have water retention. It's, it's a, uh, what do they call the medicine that gets rid of the water? Water? Diuretics. Okay, thank you. I, I lost track of myself there. It's a great diuretic, uh, parsley, parsley tea for, uh, for a diuretic. Also, greens have an abundance of what? Calcium and chlorophyll. And chlorophyll, remember what we mentioned, is the closest thing to blood chemistry as your blood. Okay, now what we do is we, the mixture, you know, all tahinis are a little bit different. So you'll just have to mix it by ear uh, or by eye, one or the other. But just put in your tahini first in a bowl and make it a little bit larger type bowl. And then don't put all the water in at one time. You want to just put just a little bit. This isn't uh, dressing, this is garlic bread. Garlic spread? Spread. Oh, not bread. Spread. Okay. You put in just, oh, I thought you was going to have the drink. Uh, it was coming in a oh, minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to put in just a little water. Now, we don't want it too liquefied. And uh, you want to stir it up. 
Some people put it in a blender, but this is just as fast. And you'll notice that as you stir it up, it gets whiter. And uh, what it does is it gives you more tahini. Now, some people don't like the taste of tahini when it's uh, right out of the bottle, I mean jar. I love it. But uh, if you really want to taste something different, emulsify it with water. And by emulsifying it, it, the fat is surrounded by water, which is easier to digest. So we like to do all of our butters that way. Yes? You get my tahini, not tahini. It's the best one. Why well, the, the raw is the best. The raw is the best because, see, if you get it roasted, uh, it'll taste totally different when you start putting spices or herbs or something in it. Where the raw will, whatever you put in, it'll absorb that flavor, and that's what it becomes. But there's also roasted and raw. And I've also seen the roasted one in this country. We just get the dark one, which has got the holes on it, oh. without the holes. Some roasted is good if you want to just eat the tahini. But, uh, and I suppose you could make things out of it. But if you want uh, the tahini to take a, uh, a totally different flavor, uh, the flavor of what you're putting in there, you want to make sure it's raw, because it, that's the best. Now you notice. As I, as I mix this, the tahini starts turning whiter. More oxygen in there, yes? Um, we use tahini in dressing and on potatoes, and also I like to spread it just straight on toast. Is, is there a possibility that you can overdo on the tahini? Because for me, it's replaced nut butters to a large extent. It has for us, too. Uh, I suppose you could overdose uh, on anything, even the good things. You know, you don't want to do that. And again, I can't say for you how much you can use and how much I use. Everybody that. different. But we have replaced tahini for a lot of things. In fact, we have a biscuit. Uh, you call, uh, I don't know what you would call them. Scone. Scone. Yeah. Scone. We make scone with um, tahini for the oil, and it does very nice. Uh, not, okay, I'm just going to say that. Uh, keep in mind, tahini is very high in calcium. It's a good source of calcium. And uh, wasn't it uh, zinc? And a good source of zinc. And you know, a lot of people have digestive problems, skin problems, just because they're lacking in zinc. And uh, prostate problems. And so uh, we may consider that because it's an antioxidant that aids your body in digestion. Now, what I did is I had a, some chopped up garlic here. And I dumped the chopped up garlic right in the tahini after I emulsified it. Now you're going to get a taste of this today. Let me tell you, it really tastes fantastic. It doesn't sound like much, but it's delicious. Now I think I need just a little bit more salt, but um, I'll let it go at that because we've already made the other up in there. Okay. Well, I wish you could all come up here and just take a little dab and uh, taste it, but... Uh, you're going to at lunchtime. But you can see it has changed color. It's got chunks of garlic in it. If you don't like garlic, you won't like it because it's garlic. But let me tell you, garlic, they have found out, is, a, is one of the best uh, types of foods in, in uh, aiding and in, in, uh, curing infection. And believe me, friends, it works. It's, it's not a fallacy. It actually does work. They've uh, found that it's uh, played a big part in cancer. It's played a big part in our immune system. 
and, uh, and producing and uh, helping your body to multiply in the, in the T lymphocytes, yes. Uh, very God is consistent in 11 different minerals. He's consistent in what? 11 different minerals. Oh, yes. Now, you see, all these things are, are in the scriptures. You know, a while ago, she says that about the sunlight in the eye and how it heals. Do you know what the Bible says? The eye is the light of life. The eye is the light of life. And life is where? In the blood. And when a doctor wants to tell you about your circulation, where does he look? In the eye, doesn't he? So you see, these rays get into the eye, affect the blood, because that's where it can come to the blood even closer. Uh, the, the sun will also penetrate the skin. Uh, did you ever hold your hand up to a light and see your, see, see your hand through it? The sun will penetrate into the blood, uh, and I know of doctors today that sit back and open their mouth and let the sun go into their mouth because it destroys bacteria. Okay, you want to show them that, Antoine? Okay, you want to hold it up? This is, after you press it down, this is what it looks like. Yes? Elaborate? I don't think so. I never have. Now, there's some people that have very sensitive stomachs that can't handle it. If it, it does bother you with a sensitive stomach, be sure you put it in your food to eat it or eat something beforehand. Uh, but now me, I can sit and eat this with a piece of bread or I can eat raw garlic or I can... Another thing that you can use garlic for is with tomatoes and uh, chopped up raw garlic. You warm up the tomatoes and the tomato juice and you, uh, or you can put it in a blender and blend it to where it makes a juice, tomato juice, and then you put some raw garlic in it and drink it. It's very good when you have a cold. Oh, okay. The reason is, the reason is because they're they're saying that you probably would build up an immunity to it, and if something happened, you'd have to take a whole lot. And uh, that's possibly true. What you probably should do is just eat a little bit every day. And if something happens, then maybe double it. Yeah, right. That's what I usually do. But I do cook a lot with with garlic. Mm -hmm. I saw somebody had a garlic ranch. Is that right? Now they possibly. Oh, well, that's absolutely, uh, that's uh, ODing. And, uh, yes, I'm just saying cook it in your food and then occasionally take some. But uh, I wanted to say something else about the, um, uh, we're going to get the uh, dressing out here. Could you ask them if they have the dressing? They want me to demonstrate the dressing. Now, I'd like to uh, turn you to another text. But to elaborate on what my wife just said just a moment ago, if you'd like to write this down, and it's in uh, Revelation 16, verse uh, 8 and 9. Uh, when the seven last plagues, I can say this because uh, uh, most of us are Christians. In fact, probably all of us are Christians in this room, I'm sure. Uh, we found that in... Revelation 16, it talks about the last plagues of verse history. And if you look at chapter, uh, verses 8 and 9 of chapter 16, you'll find that the sun did what to men? 
It scorched men, didn't it? And uh, it scorched them because they refused to repent and give glory to God. Now, what did we talk about the other day? What, what is giving glory to God? Whatever we eat or drink or whatever we do, give it all to the glory of God. And so they repent to do that. I mean, didn't want to repent and do that. And you notice that it scorched them. Now, uh, I don't know if my wife mentioned this or not, but when you have a high cholesterol or high fat content in your body, that's when you receive the skin cancers. When you have a low cholesterol, low count in your body, it turns cholesterol into what? Vitamin D. Vitamin D. I mean, so you can see the, the, uh, the connection there. Okay, now we're through with the... Um, uh, maybe I'll let you take that spread back there for me. Uh, Thank you. <clears throat> okay, now we're going to mix a salad dressing. Now, anytime you're mixing tahini and those type of things, you more or less have to uh, gauge. Now, some people like a, uh, a uh, salad dressing that is quite uh, fluid. And some like it nice and thick. So, you know... Everyone can gauge the salad dressing to their own taste or to their own consistency. But now, there again, we're going to use the tahini, and we're going to pour it into a, pour it into a um, glass bowl here. And uh, I, I might add, if you store things in your refrigerator, what we have found, and I'm sure maybe some of you folks do the same thing, is we usually get uh, glass jars that have lids and then staple a name and put it on the outside what it is or something of that sort. They make wonderful things to store in. And especially when you have leftovers. You know, you can put, you can, we save little jars, bigger jars, and big jars. So depending upon what we have left over, so we can store them in uh, glass jars. Okay, now what we do is we add water. Now I don't add a whole lot to begin with because it's too bad we don't have this up uh, a mirror where you can see what we're doing here. What I do is I add the water and just keep stirring it to emulsify it. Now the um, uh, spread, the garlic spread, we left it thicker where it would spread, just like butter. But now this, we're going to make it a little thinner to where it will pour and mix. And uh, what we're going to do today, uh, now at home, we just leave it in a bowl and we take what we want. But today, there's so many of us, we're just going to mix it right into the salad and stir it into the salad. So you'll get a, an idea of what the flavor is like. So we just keep mixing that, and you'll find that uh, tahini will just thicken right up after you start emulsifying it. Now, uh, I'm going to use a few herbs here, but you do, there again, you don't have to stick with those type of herbs. You can use a variety of herbs. You know, the herbs that you like. You may want to use oregano and basil. I've done that before, and it's, I love the flavor. Very Italian. <laughs> uh, on this one here, I'm using, um, I think I do have some uh, oregano and basil, but I'm also putting dill in there. I'm going to put some dill weed. Thank you. She makes a wonderful assistant. <laughs> Now, as you can see, the other was more or less like butter. This here I'm stirring up, and it's becoming more liquefied. 
Now, um, if you want to do it in a hurry, there again, if you're going to make it more liquid, more fluid, you can put it into a, um, uh, a blender. Depends on the amount that you're going to have, too. Okay, now, what we're going to, I always do this by eye. You know, I, I never take and measure like one quarter, one this. I just look at it, uh, basically, and um, now we know that basil and oregano can be very powerful. So uh, I don't uh, like to overload it with it because then it kind of destroys the, doesn't give it the real taste, it just kind of destroys it. So I put just enough where you can get a hint of those things that are in there. But now dill, oh, this dill? That's parsley. Oh, okay, now dill, that certainly isn't very much, but uh, I would put more dill than that. I would really load up on the dill. <clears throat> and uh, the garlic, you may not want to use too much. It depends on your taste. Some people like a lot, some people don't. Now I just take and uh, dump just a little bit in there to give it a flavor. You just want a hint of those particular spices or herbs in the garlic, um, onion powder, the same. Now you could chop up raw onions, like green onions, the end part, you could chop them up very fine and you could put those in there and that would work as well. Okay, I'm going to toss in some parsley. Now I may put a little more parsley than I would the others. Now actually, these are, this dill weed here is, yeah. Different than what we get. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have it chopped up small. That's even better. Thank you. Okay, and we're going to just kind of mix that up just a little bit. Big part. Want more dill? Uh, no, I think that ought to be fine. That's fresh, so that might be a little more potent. Mm 